Hey, what is up you guys? Welcome back, Dilun family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we will be talking about how to invest like Warren Buffett. Ah, so I'm sure many, many people assume that uh, Warren Buffett's uh, investment strategy is a big secret. But it's actually not, right? His investment strategy is not a secret at all. And he's, if you really understand or you read a lot about Warren Buffett, you know that he's a very transparent person, right? He likes to share his wisdom and his knowledge, especially about investing and also about life. And if you've gone, I encourage you guys to go and uh, read through his annual report or go through his uh, AGM and you'll find that you can learn so many things from him, not just only about investing, but also about life, right? And there's so much to learn. And same as his uh, investment strategy, it's not really a secret because he actually shares it uh, during his uh, AGM or even in his uh, annual report and so forth. And so in 1977, in uh, Berkshire Hathaway's shareholder letter, Buffett actually shared, uh, shared to his readers what he looks at when, whenever he evaluates a stock, right? He call, it, it's sort of like his uh, investment criteria, stock investment criteria. And this is what he said. He said that we select our marketable equity securities in much the same way we would evaluate a business for acquisition in its entirety. We want the business to be, number one, one that we can understand. Number two, with favorable long-term prospects. Number three, operated by honest and competent people. Number four, available at a very attractive price. We ordinarily make no attempt to buy equities for anticipated favorable stock price behavior in the short term. In fact, if their business experience continues to satisfy us, we welcome lower market prices of stocks we own as an opportunity to acquire even more of a good thing at a better price. So this is what he said. And actually, I've talked about this uh, in our, our previous episode. I'm not sure which, which, which episode was it, but I've actually mentioned about the four criteria, four steps whenever it comes to investing. The four steps is what uh, one buffer is mentioning in this uh, in this annual report. He said that number one, invest in businesses that they can understand, we can understand. Number two, company must have favorable long term prospect. Number three, operated by honest and competent people. And number four, available at a very attractive price. Right. So, let us dive deeper into what he has to say. And, okay, the first one he said is understand the business, right? That's the first step. And if you you if you go on, you, you guys can go through some of his uh, videos on YouTube, you'll find that he always says understanding the business, he always relates it to staying within your circle of competence. What does it mean? It means that buying a company that you really understand, whether it's in terms of the business or whether it's in terms of the industry that the company is in, 
So you want to understand the business before you invest in the company. Why? This, I've also highlighted why, why is it so important. Many years, uh, not many years, I think it was last year, I guess, I came across someone who invested in two companies. He invested in an airline company. I'm not going to mention the name of the companies, but I'm just going to give you all a brief understanding. Why is it so important to understand the business? This person, he invested in an airline company and also uh, oil company, right? Oil and gas company. And so if you think about it, yeah, of course, these two companies are great companies, right? But if you think about it, you are actually sort of contradicting yourself that for that person because first thing you must understand for airline companies for them to be profitable they have to increase their revenue and reduce their costs correct that is the most the simplest way right increase your revenue and reduce your cost how do you increase your revenue uh, sell more tickets right more flights and so forth second uh, to reduce your expenses one of the uh, one of their biggest expenses is what fuel right they need to pay for fuel and fuel in other words oil right so if you need to pay for fuel that means you essentially you want the fuel price to be lower correct but since you also invested in an oil company of course the for the company to be profitable you want the oil price to be high right so in that sense you understand that you're actually contradicting yourself because if the oil price goes up one of your investment will will have to spend more but if the oil price goes down then the other investment will not make money so in other words you you see that although both are great companies but in in some ways you're actually contradicting yourself right so that is why it is so important to understand the business that you're investing in right make sure you really understand the business as well as the industry that the company is in right and that is why uh, Warren Buffett actually talked about investing staying within your circle of competence because he actually talked one of his uh, uh, sharing he did in one of the universities he said that because one of the companies that he bought was a chewing gum company right Wrigley right so he bought this chewing gum company if you think about it after five years after 10 years after 20 years the way people chew chewing gum is not going to change right it's going to be the same the only difference is probably consumer might prefer different brand right they might prefer different brand or different flavor i guess so the way they are they are chewing the chewing gum is not going to it's not going to matter Right? It's going to be the same. It's The business is very predictable. So if you own a company that owns uh, a big, a large percentage of the market's uh, chewing gums or sweets, of course you're going to be profitable because after all, people will not change. It's not like they're going to go for a chewing gum, uh, another chewing gum company because they are chewing in a different way. Right? It, it's not going to. It's just in terms of flavor or in terms of brand. So if this company owns a big market share of uh, the chewing gum market, right? So, of course, it makes more sense to buy this company because in the long term, you know that it's so predictable because people are not going to change, right? The way people are going to chew chewing gum is not going to change, right? But if you compare with, for example, TV, 
So many years ago, before the TV, it was radio, right? People were only listening to radios. And after the TV came, the traction for radio is no longer on demand, correct? So we all, most people were into TVs, televisions. And then after that now, when you look at what is happening now, people are more into like the Netflix, for example, right? So you do see the transition. People are not really focused on TVs anymore. People are going towards things like Netflix, right? So you can see that it changes over time. And because of these changes, it's not easy to predict uh, after 10 years, what is it going to be like? Is there going to be something that is better than Netflix? We don't know. It's not easy to predict, right? After 10 years, after 20 years, after 30 years, it's not easy to predict. So that is why he emphasized on he emphasized on staying within your circle of competence and some invest in something that you understand. But of course, this is not to say that you should not invest in tech companies because we all know tech companies, they grow very fast, but because there's so much of changes, we don't know how long is the tech company going to last, correct? But it doesn't mean that you should not invest in tech companies because, I mean, tech companies, they have pros, their own uh, advantage and disadvantages as well, right? But if you find a good tech company that has a strong competitive advantage, then you know that it will be able to last for a pretty long time, right? Especially if you have a certain expertise in this kind of industry, a specialized industry, uh, maybe semiconductor industry or uh, e-commerce industry. So if you have this kind of specialized expertise, then by all means, you should look into that kind of company or that kind of industry because you know it better and it is within your circle of competence, right? So that is why the most the first step uh, to Warren Buffett's principle is stay within your circle of competence and invest in businesses that we can understand, right? That's the first step. The second step is look for companies with favorable long-term prospect. What does it mean? Long-term favorable prospect. So what I said just now, we want to make sure that the company can last for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? So how do you find a company that can last for so long? The The company must have competitive advantage right so uh, what Warren Buffett talks about is moat is it a company is like uh, a company with strong competitive advantage is like uh, a castle with a deep and wide moat right it is able to protect the castle for years to come right so essentially you want a castle that has very deep and very wide mode and same thing for companies you want to make sure that you're looking for companies with a very strong and durable uh, mode comparative advantage and i've talked about this uh, in also in one of the previous episodes i've talked about the five main uh, modes right so a very easy way to uh, understand this is to to remember the five modes the five modes you can remember with this uh, acronym. Uh, insect, I-N-S-E-C-S, S-E-C-T-S, right? So insect, but of course, we are only going to talk about five modes, so it's I-N-S-E-C, okay? So what is I? I is intangible asset, N is network effect, uh, 
S is switching cost, and then what I N S E. E is efficient scale, and lastly C is cost advantage, right? So if you guys want to go more know more in depth about this, you can check out uh what I can't remember which episode was it, but I talked about the five main uh, economic mode, right? But I'll just go through it uh, briefly. So intangible asset it means companies that have uh, branding or they have uh, maybe they have licensed product right they can sell this product because they have the license or because they have trademark or patent right for example you have companies like for example Nike Nike has a very strong branding and because of all this they have pricing power they are able to price their products higher than their competitors right another example is Coca-Cola Coca-Cola they have their secret formula right their coke uh, formula so that is sort of like uh, a secret that not everybody has right so it's like trademark uh, coca-cola so because of that it allows them to have a very strong uh, com- uh, intangible asset right very strong competitive advantage because not uh, other companies cannot uh, imitate or cannot uh, replicate another coca-cola right another example would be for example apple so Apple not only do they have a very strong brand in terms of their their branding, Apple branding, at the same time they also have patent on some of their technologies as well. So because of that, it gives them a very strong competitive advantage in terms of their intangible assets, right? The second second one is network effect. So network effect is having a very large network, right? It can be from in any any form. For example, before this, uh. When you talk about railway, railway companies, they tend to have, they are not dominated by so many companies, right? Normally, in a certain country, the number of railway uh, companies is only a few, right? There are not many. So because of, uh, because they are not really run by many different companies, there are not many competitors, right? So it's easy for a company to have, to dominate, like to have a very large network, right? They cover uh, majority of the, the places in the country for example so because of that they have a large network and at the same time you can look at companies for example large network can be also in terms of uh, distribution distribution network so for example coca-cola coca-cola has a very large uh, distribution network right because of that it allows them to scale rapidly to basically anywhere in the world that is why you go anywhere you will know people you ask anyone in any country this they will know what is coca-cola right because of their distribution network and allows them to scale in a very in a very large scale they can spread very easily right so that is network uh, network effect and another example would be a large network in terms of user right so you have uh, companies like facebook Amazon because these companies they have so many users and it becomes a mode by by itself right and there's a saying that if you don't know what is the product then you are the product right so if you are the product means your data is the product which is what Facebook and companies like Facebook Amazon what that's what they are doing they have your data they know your habits your buying habits your uh, your usage in terms of internet uh, what do you look for, you know, and because of all this data, they can 
have they can use this data to uh, help sellers to sell their products right so that they can reach the right audience so because of this because of this uh, user data they have this large user data they attract more sellers and when they have more sellers the same they will attract more buyers and when there's more buyers you get more sellers so the cycle goes on and on so that's why that is why a network effect is such a strong competitive advantage right so that's the second mode the third mode is switching costs so switching costs it means companies like uh, for example apple it's not easy to switch from one one thing to another right for example you're using apple right you are in the A apple ecosystem right so in apple's ecosystem you have the iphone you have the uh, macbook right ipad you have the what apple watch and then you have the uh, air, what airport right so there's so many things all of that are synchronized right so it's not easy for somebody to switch from for example a macbook to a pc right or switch from ios iphone to android right it's not easy the transition is not easy and and it gives it's actually very troublesome because you have to switch your your apps some apps you can use some apps you cannot cannot use anymore or maybe photos you might lose some of your photos or uh, what, there's so many things and you when you look at the 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 things that you get that comes together with the product for example you you have your charger your adapter so all of these once you switch it's not easy for an apple user to switch right because there's so many things that you need to change and because of this uh because of how troublesome it is for them to switch it gives custom it gives apple a very strong switching cost a very strong mode in terms of switching cost because customers find it very hard to switch from one to another so they are locking in all the customers so that customers do not change to another user an another uh, product right they they won't leave the apple ecosystem right so that is one strong mode uh, for apple and apart from that you can have, look at spotify for example if you are a spotify user right you save all your favorite songs uh, favorite artists you have your own playlist right and then all of a sudden you come across another app which is better and then you want to switch to this app you can't really transfer the whole playlist right you need to recreate the playlist right and if let's say you've used this playlist for what you've used spotify for one two years of course you have what you have hundreds of songs in there and in order to recreate this playlist in another app it's not going to be as easy it's going to be so much of work you need to find the songs again the artists again you know and you don't know what what this uh, app is uh, maybe they cannot there are some features that this spotify does not have so there's so many things so because of that it makes it very difficult for users to switch from one app to another so it gives spotify a very uh, strong mode in terms of switching costs right so that is the third uh, economic mode the fourth economic mode is efficient scale efficient scale it means companies that are very dominant in a very niche market or within their industry right so for example when you think of search engine you think of google right people say just google it right they don't say uh, search it online they don't say that they say google it
you are thinking of Google as a search engine on its own, right? So you not many people use Bing search or Yahoo search. Not many people use that. Most of the people use Google search and it, that is why they are such a dominant, uh, dominant company within their industry, right? And apart from that, you have companies like Lux, Luxotica. It's an eyewear company. They own basically, I think, uh, eight, 70 to 80% of the global uh, uh, companies in the world, right? So they are, they are a very dominant uh, company in terms of eyewear, right? So that is the fourth mode, which is efficient scale. And then the final mode is cost advantage. Cost advantage, it means companies that can sell their product at a very low price, cheap. So you have companies like Walmart, Amazon. So these companies, they are, for example, we take Walmart, right? They have a very strong uh, cost advantage mode because they can afford to sell their product at a very cheap price. And if you look at what happened to Toys R Us, I actually talked about this in previous episode as well. So Toys R Us, how they went bankrupt, one of the reasons why they went bankrupt was because their price point, Toys R Us price point of their products are not as low as uh, Walmart. And because Walmart, customers can get cheaper products, cheaper toys in Walmart, people started going to Walmart instead of Toys R Us. And so because of that, they were losing a lot of customers. And Walmart does not mind selling uh, their products even if they are making loss. They don't mind. Because they know that when customers come into Walmart, they're not just going to buy toys. They're probably going to buy toys and then they're going to go to other section, other department in the market. In the supermarket, they can buy clothes, they can buy groceries. And so their average uh, buying, purchasing uh, unit, or is it average uh, buying price, purchasing price is higher compared to uh, what is that? Toys R Us, right? So because of that, it offsets the loss that that they are making in certain departments, right? So because of that, it allows them to, uh, I would say, be more profitable, and they drive more customers to come into Walmart, and eventually Toys R Us went bankrupt, right? But of course, that is not the only reason why. Uh, Toys R Us went bankrupt. There are so many reasons. You can check out that episode. I'm not going to talk about that in this episode, okay? So we're going to focus more on cost and one. We, on this form, these five modes, right? So these five modes, what, what are the five modes? Intangible assets, network effect, switching costs, efficient skill, cost advantage, right? So that is the second principle of Warren Buffett. He said, look for companies with favorable long-term prospect. And companies with long-term favorable prospect tend to have competitive advantage. That is why Warren Buffett actually let, he actually said this. There's one quote that he said. He said that time is the friend of the wonderful company, but the enemy of the mediocre. So that is why you want to find for a really wonderful business, a very wonderful company that has competitive advantage, right? So that is the second principle. The third principle is uh, finding for companies that operate, operated by honest and competent people. 
right honest and competent people that is why you need to ask yourself has the company or is there any uh, executives in the company have is there anyone who has been involved in any fraudulent activities at any point in time right you want to know because if you come across a company that is involved in any fraudulent activity you might want to be aware of what they are doing in the company right you want to be aware of that and then also you need to find out is there any key man risk in the company right is what would happen if the ceo or the founder leaves the company you want to understand this kind of question uh, this kind of problems for example if you look at facebook if uh, mark zuckerberg decide, decides to leave the company is, is is anything going to happen what will happen to facebook is there anything is it going to change in my opinion it won't change because uh, Facebook has already established themselves to be a very big company, right? Large company, and they are operating in so many. They have so many things going on, and they are so established. They don't really need uh, Mark Zuckerberg to do everything, right? They have their own management team that is so capable of running. Say Mark Zuckerberg as the key man in the company, right? If you look at, uh, for example, Alibaba. Right, Jack Ma. Jack, when Jack Ma w- w- was about to retire, there was a lot of this question. But if you think about it, Alibaba is not, it's not, it's a very established company, right? Even if Jack Ma leaves, it's not gonna impact the company uh, significantly, right? So that is what we see. That is what we are seeing now, right? Even though Jack Ma has really left, it hasn't. Uh, it didn't really affect the company because it's not a key man risk, right? But if you, let's say you come across a small company, right? This company is doing very well. This small company is doing very well. But you notice that they are very reliant on their CEO or the management. So that is where you want to pay attention, right? That is not saying that you can't invest in a company. If the company is good, you can invest. But as soon as you notice that uh, the CEO or the management that he or she is going to leave the company, he's going to quit or he's going to retire. So that's when you know the risk is at its, it's a huge risk for the, that investment. So then you can decide whether you want to sell it off or, or what, that's up to you, right? So it's important to know who is running it. Is there any risk? Uh, is there any key man risk or are there any uh, executive or the management, are they involved in any fraudulent activities are they honest are they competent right what how many years of experience do they have in that industry so because it's so important to know because the future of this com- of any company is not just dependent on the competitive advantage right of course if the company has a very strong mode if it has a very strong competitive advantage it can help uh, maintain the business for a long time but of course the management is the one that determines the future of the company, right? The direction of the company in the future, right? You want to know where the company goes in terms of their direction and who determines this direction. It is the management or the CEO, right? It's like the captain and the ship, all right? If you look at, for example, Titanic. Titanic is what they were once known as the what unsinkable ship, right? The biggest ship of its time. But 
if you think about it, although it was the biggest ship, they actually need Titanic actually needs a captain who is good enough to steer to steer the ship, right? They need this because the captain plays a very important role in steering the ship so that they move towards the right direction, right? That is why the same thing is applicable to companies. Although the company has competitive advantage, strong competitive advantage, you still want to make sure that they are run by capable uh, management with integrity and also talent, right? And then here comes the last principle. The fourth principle is uh, whether the company is available at a attractive price, right? You want to know whether you're buying it at a reasonable price or not. So you want to ask yourself, what is the price of the company on the stock market, right? What do you think is the intrinsic value of uh, this company, right? And you want to know that if you're buying the company now, how much of margin of safety are you getting, right? So that is why you need to find out the intrinsic value and know whether you're buying above or below. If you're buying above, the market price is above the intrinsic value, then it is overvalued. If it's the in, if the market price is lower than the intrinsic value, it means it's undervalued, right? So you are buying at a margin of safety, right? So I want to leave you guys with this quote. Uh, Warren Buffett said, when it comes to buying at attractive price, he said that price is what you pay, value is what you get. Whether we're talking about socks or stocks, I like buying quality merchandise when it is marked down. So this is what Warren Buffett said. Whatever it is, you want to know what is the price and what is the value, right? Same thing goes for companies. You want to know what is the market price and you want to compare it with the intrinsic value. Only then you decide whether you should buy it now or be patient. That's it, right? So that's all for today's episode. I really, really hope you guys understand. I really hope you guys learned something from this episode. If you do, feel free to uh, share and follow this podcast. It would mean so much to me and this channel because, I mean, I dedicate a lot of uh, my time and also I put in a lot of effort so that I hope you guys can learn uh, from my experience as well as, as, as well as some of my sharings. I hope you guys can learn and begin your journey of investing uh, by listening to all of these uh, podcasts, right? So again, that's all for today. I hope you guys learned something. And if you want to find out more about uh, Dilun, you can check out our Facebook or Instagram page. You can search for Dilun or Dilun Investing to find out more. Until next time, take care, you guys. I'll catch you on my next episode. Bye-bye.